Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. That's right. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. I'm Chua Tiantian with your market view. Now, today we are going to turn our attention to look at the US, UK, and Singapore economies. Now, with the earnings season well underway, investors in the US continue to comb through a number of reports from big names, including the Bank of America, United Airlines, and Netflix, for clues on how inflation have eaten into top and bottom lines, while they await more reports from companies such as PNG later in the week, and elsewhere. European markets were higher earlier this week after Britain's new finance minister, Jeremy Hunt, reversed almost all the tax cuts announced by his predecessor, Quatsi Quatting, in a bid to bring stability back to the markets. And back home, investors continue to keep their eyes peeled on September's core inflation numbers next week to gauge the MAS's next move. So joining us as we unpack the latest happenings in these major economies is Song Seung-Woon, economist at CIMB Private Banking. Hi, Mr. Song, are you there? Uh, yes, I'm here. I'm talking to you from a roadside in Millennial Walk, having a beer and checking the ground, what's happening with beer prices, food prices, etc. Right, so that's, think- <laughs> that's so you, Mr. Song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. Song, months since uh, we've last chatted, but let's start with the U.S. Mm. Investors mm. continue to comb through those earning reports and a number of them mm. reporting better than expected earnings mm. like the Bank of mm. America, Netflix and all. Mm, mm, is mm. this a case of businesses being relatively resilient in light of inflation or is it because the impact mm. of inflation have yet to kick in yet? Well, I think it's a case of both. Why both? Let's talk about the last report in inflation. Right. Um, we certainly have seen some of the companies, and this is where I'm paying a lot of attention to what, say, Nestle uh, are saying. They just reported uh, P&G uh, later. Uh, to what extent they're able to pass on higher cost of material. Remember, mm-hmm. all their costs of putting all their goods together with a toothpaste or a beer <laughs> has gone up. Right. So if they're able to pass it on to you and I as consumer, that means we can take the high inflation in stride. If they can't, and there's certainly some company who are not in a position to be able to, then they are not able to kind of report the earnings that they are expected to. So far, I think it has been a case of, say, so at the bank level, somewhat mixed, patchy, but some have been able essentially to get more uh, from, uh, say, just banking activities or just higher margins uh, from just being able to charge consumer more or just consumer transaction sufficient uh, to still generate free income uh, for them. So it's still going to be mixed but remember this earnings season for the S&P 500 uh, the, I, I, I think according to um, some estimate you are looking at quite conservative earnings growth of about just under 3% for the group of S&P 500 companies versus something like over 11% so it's a very, relatively low hurdle so if they can beat that because they can pass on the cost like a got top line and maintain margin good for the company, but what it also means for inflation is you and I are willing to pay uh, for the higher cost of goods and services, which basically means that from a central bank standpoint, they may have to do more to tighten because consumers are able to take the higher cost. Uh, so good news from a company standpoint, not so good news perhaps from a monetary policy standpoint in the central bank may look at it and say, oh, consumers are taking the higher cost in stride. Hmm. We may have to do more. So uh, it's a double-edged sword, depending on how the earnings season come, come through. But it sounds like a chicken and mm. egg problem, right? Mm. But 
are consumers in the US right now, you know, mm. resilient against the high prices? And, and if the indication mm. that I'm getting from you is that they are mm. resilient, for how long mm. can they remain resilient against those high prices? Ah, good. I think the bottom line really is about jobs and confidence. Remember, if you have, if you, if you have a crisis of confidence, right, you're not quite sure you're getting a job um, and your, your boss telling you that you may get a pay cut instead, then you start to cut back on consumption. But certainly for now, it still looks like labor market condition still remains supportive enough. Last labor market report, there's still 1.7 jobs for everyone looking uh, in the services side because of opening move. More people say visiting the U.S. or more Americans traveling to enjoy just say the freedom to be able to move around a lot more. And and we'll be looking the upcoming say uh, spending season festive period. Um, with interest to see whether labor market condition remains supportive of consumption. If it is, then obviously there's more room for the right. U.S. central bank to, to act on. If we start to see the impact of higher interest rates starting to not just impact confidence, you may see the confidence being affected, but they don't act on it in terms of cutting back consumption, then it basically means central bank have more room uh, to, to act on that front. Right. In the meantime, mm. Mr. Song, I'd like to turn our attention to look at the production side. U.S. industrial mm. production numbers just out last night. To what extent was this within your expectations mm. and what does this mean for the Fed going forward? Well, it is within my expectation because when consumers are still spending, although we have seen uh, the various purchasing manager indices saying a slowdown in economic activities on the back of slowing order, they're slowing down from a higher level. So we are certainly seeing from the IPI figures, manufacturing figures, that U.S. manufacturing or industrial activities remains resilient enough. So that's another indication of the still resilient uh, in the U.S. economy, which is why, though we may be talking about technically a recession in the U.S. because of a pullback, say, uh, in inventory and the drag from net trade because you're importing more than an export, but private consumption to the U.S. economy is still resilient enough, and which is why factories uh, in the U.S. still comes along, although the pace is starting to ease off a bit, and we clearly see that easing off. But at this juncture, it's not easing fast enough for orders to decline, for businesses to start to lay off workers. At the moment, they're seeing a decline, but they are not laying off workers as yet. Perhaps after the festive season is over, when they clearly see how trends are moving as businesses and households adjust to a high cost of living and higher cost of borrowing. Right. 4.6% mm. peak rates. Are you expecting mm. that or even higher than that? Oh, good. I mean, certainly, um, I wouldn't be looking... I will be looking somewhere around 5% as right. perhaps mm. the level where uh, things will start to really uh, make a difference. For now, I think there's still so, some room to go, purely because they're still resilient and spring in the steps of most American consumer and most businesses, although some at the margin has dropped off, but there's still sufficient number to keep the momentum somewhat uh, moving along. Right. If you're just tuning in, we are now speaking to Song Seung-Gun, economist at CIMB Private Banking. And Mr. Song, from the mm. US, I want to take us to Europe. Britain's mm. new finance minister, Jeremy Hunt, reversed those tax cuts announced in the mini-budget mm. right, just mm. about a month ago, raising mm. an extra three, £32 billion pounds a year. Mm. But to what extent are his hands tied in you know, filling this gap? Well, a lot really depends on, I suppose, 
the unfolding political drama for our intents and purposes. Yeah. Mm. For our intents and purposes, you know, Jeremy Han, although he's a finance minister, is really calling the shot uh, at this juncture because, you know, support uh, for the uh, British PM is somewhat wavering. So politicians being politicians, they certainly be looking around themselves and see whether support for themselves are strong enough. And if Jeremy Hunt can prove to the Conservative parties and members that what he's doing, and indeed he's appointed there with a free hand to do what he has to do, basically to undo everything, because <laughs> we certainly knew from the day one when that mini-budget was announced that it's totally undoable. Uh, so it's going to be a case of whether the how, how long the present um, PM, uh, in that sense, can so see through really as an interim prime minister mm-hmm. with uh, the main shot being called by uh, someone far more experienced in dealing uh, with either the political side or in terms of uh, the business community. Mm-hmm. So uh, it will be interesting to watch how, how it pans out. It doesn't help uh, right. that you have, you've got the U, uh, UK CPI call one at a record high and cost of living still being an issue. Exactly. And, you know, you've got the UK government still needing to raise taxes because spending side is, is, is uh, going to be very challenging. So not an easy position, uh, but from a, a political standpoint, is really trying to survive the so many landmines, I think, uh, mm. for the British Prime Minister. Mm. But do you think Jeremy Hunt can bring some stability back to financial markets oh, yes, in yes, the yes, yes. Yeah, medium mm. term? Yeah. I, I think very much so. I think he clearly know what Econ 101 is all about. And he clearly know uh, that fiscal policy has to be moving together with monetary policy. Mm. Because until he came in and took over, you got fiscal policy in one direction, monetary on the other direction. Yeah. And you're going to totally, you know, unflyable government and it's um, a fiscal policy. So at least now we got some resemblance of stability with fiscal and monetary policy seemingly along the same way. The, the way going forward really is about how to challenge, uh, uh, how they deal with the challenge of rising costs and heading into winter, you know, uh, perhaps even higher energy costs just because it just costs more uh, and, and the unfolding impact of just higher cost of living uh, on Britain, um, mm. which is going to be very interesting uh, right. going forward, which is why we have seen you know, the yield rose, we've seen the pound pull back. Mm. So it's going to be a case of just navigating through the macro landscape. And as long as the British Prime Minister just keep her head low, I think uh, she may uh, survive through this winter. <laughs> right. And Mr. Song, back home in Singapore, all mm. eyes on that core inflation figures Indeed. next week. Mm. How would that developments weigh on, how will global developments weigh on prices? Where do you see them going? Oh, which is why I'm down here at the pub checking on uh, beer prices uh, again and just essentially cost of cost of material because uh, although we have seen the peak of prices, say, three or four months ago, what we are seeing now is on the ground, the lag effect of the higher cost being passed to you and I as consumer because at that point in time, we are still seeing uh, goods price on old inventory. Now, as new inventory come in, these are all essentially higher costs mm. uh, of the higher prices at that point in time. So this is feeding through, which is why we continue to see pressure on food prices. And it doesn't help that so for many items, let's say for essential in terms of vegetables, 
meet right. the the weather, let's say wet weather mm. and flooding in Australia to Malaysia doesn't help because right. this is where fresh produce come from. This is where the meat come from. This is where the milk comes from. This is where the eggs come from. So all these things are still challenges when we as policymakers have to deal with imported material. And so at least on the plus side, we've got a higher, uh, a stronger sing dollar to contain some of the imported inflation. But again, it's the challenges for Malaysian producers, the ringer this week. So when they have to import, let's say, uh, feedstock, mm. etc., they will cost more to import. So they're not saving much. So they come pass on to us, uh, even though the ringgit is a right. weaker relative to the Sing dollar. So all these things are the challenges, which essentially means that given back to us in Singapore, we have whole employment situation, labor mm. market being very strong, that adds on to wage expectation, that adds on uh, because of what we are seeing on the cost side uh, everywhere else, cost of goods and services being passed on, which is why I think uh, CPI will stay elevated, at least for the near medium term, until we see softness in our local labor market or mm. external demand dropping off significantly. And that may not happen until perhaps after Chinese New Year next year. Right. And finally, Mr. Song, one quick question mm. that I really want to ask. Economists told our sister publication, Business Times, that Singapore exports set to may even contract in Q4 mm. after that poorer mm. than expected non-oil domestic export mm-hmm. data. Do you agree with that assessment? Well, for Q4 last year, we had no ex- I think up by over 20% year-on-year. Yeah. So it's a very challenging base. Mm. So for this year, Q4, we have two things. One is uh, tech demand cooling off. So unit prices has come down. So price and volume is going to be a drag on Nordex uh, from the tech perspective. So essentially what will only help is the non-tech side, whether mm. pharmaceutical comes in, chemicals comes in, and whether exports elsewhere or, or uh, anything from... Uh, Packet, packet laksa paste uh, to chili paste that are being produced in Singapore for exports around the world and the rest of the region can compensate from that slack. But because the base is so high, I think we'll do well enough mm. to just hang on with sing- low single-digit growth right. at best. I think 2 to 3% of Q4 Nordex growth is already an achievement. Right. We may see you know, year-on-year contraction just because the base from which we're coming from mm. and because tech export last year was so strong, uh, we'll see that pullback. But again, we have had two years of very strong growth. And right. regionally, globally, we have seen export momentum slowing. But it's still hanging in there for mm. now, which is why U.S. consumer continue uh, to, to be able to take high cost of goods in stride because U.S. dollar is stronger and therefore right. the imports just makes everything still affordable. Right. Thank you very much, Mr. Mm. Song. Always a pleasure chatting. That was Song Seung Woon, economist at CIMB Private Banking. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.